Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, the place where we discuss the hot villains of any gender from any genre. That includes crime, drama, action, adventure, romance, and good old horror. We're your hosts, Markella Dykefest, Natasha Baptiste, and Eric Blake. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah. You know, if we do that intro, we don't do the welcome, welcome, welcome. Looks like we're gonna have to switch Always off on go that too. Back into this. <laughs> back in time. Welcome. I said welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't have a beer either. You didn't offer us any drinks. Oh, I have one more upstairs if someone wants one. No. Do you have like a shot? I do have wine though. Will that make me sleepy? What alcohol makes you not sleepy? Because I don't know my alcohol from a (laughs) there's this from a tree in the wall here. I'll just run out and get some four loco. No, 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 no. Um, she's just like I guess I'm fine for now. Uh, so we're doing Arenishi from Kill Bill and a little bit of Fernita Green, which (laughs) Eric. She dies in the first scene. I didn't know that. Oh, what? Oh, Had you yeah. not seen this before? No. Well, I saw it probably maybe like eight years ago. Mm. And so even like in our last podcast when we were saying who we were doing next month, you were like, Invivica A. Fox. And I was like, oh, what? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, Daryl Hannah. And you were like, no, she's not in it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, so she kills Oreni She first. But yeah. they show her killing Vivica Fox first to kind of Which set so set cool. up her character. It's like yeah. a cold open. Yeah. But yeah. I that's... was still like, I mean, I'll get into like how they look and like who they are and stuff. But I, I was so, I was like really excitedly taking notes about like Renita, Fo- uh, Renita Green, Renita Fox, of course. <laughs> and then, and I hear like a gunshot and I like look up and she's like dead and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so I had to like rewind it and be like, well, I guess I should really pay attention because she's not going to come back. Well, let's start. Let's start with Vivica then. Let's describe uh, like who she is. What does she look like? She is a really pretty black lady. She looks so young. Like she looks younger than any of the other women in the movie, like the main character women. Oh, Uma Thurman. And I don't, like, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention to their ages, like, in real yeah. life or, or in the film, but I think it has to do with what she's wearing that makes her seem, like, just younger. Younger, yeah. Hmm. And Oren is the youngest, technically, because yeah. she's She is, 25. but she looks younger, and maybe it's just because I know more Lucy Liu stuff from when she was doing things when she was younger, so to me, oh, when I, I see Kill Bill, she seems older to me as a person. Yeah, yeah so... Vernita, I'm never going to remember that name. Vernita Green. Vernita. Yeah, she's super pretty. And I'm crazy about, like, her look in the only scene that she's... Well, I mean, she's in, like, the flashback when they beat up the bride. But, I don't know, Kill Bill is such, like, a weird movie. And they do jump around a lot. So, when they beat up the bride, they're all just wearing, like, little black outfits, right? Yeah. Very French. Can you remind me, because I remember what Oreni she is wearing, and like her hairstyle is like a weird like whipped out like Mary Tyler Moore type thing, but more 90s. She had like a bob thing going on. Yeah. And then, but Vernita Green, was her hair any different than when she's I think her hair was just tied back. I don't remember. I wish that I did. Okay. So, I mean, it's hard to go into the background of her character because the background of her character is literally all laid out in the only scene that she's in. 
we don't really get that much more from her. But um, I was listening to, there was one show that was just like, they hated Orenishi. They they thought that for as much background as she was given in the movie, that she was like a super one-sided character and that um, Vernita Green was like way more well-rounded in like the time that she had than Orenishi was. Which I don't agree with, but they were totally in agreement, and they were very, like, pro-Vernita Green, pretty much. You don't really know that much about her. You really don't. Even to make that opinion, you don't know enough. Basically, somehow, when they were four years younger, they were all working together. They worked under Bill. They were all told and paid to go to the bride's wedding Kill her husband, I'm assuming in front of her, beat her to death, uh, which sucks. Yeah. And so they did that. So Super yeah, that's, weak. That's yeah. her background. And then now, well, and now four years later, she has a baby. So she must have, is the bride in a coma for four years? Yeah. yeah. Bill shot her after she was beat up. And then her, uh, Vernita's child is four, which which is weird because I'm pretty sure she's played by like a six-year-old, but whatever. That's what I was confused. <laughs> I didn't really like catch that until like I started looking into this more. But I was like, wait, how did Vernita even have a four? Like, how is her daughter old enough to even be coming home from school? Maybe she like, was like two months pregnant when she beat up the bride and killed her. Maybe. I, just, <laughs> I mean, the like, bride was pregnant when she got beat up and killed. She yeah. was. So she was probably more pregnant than Vernita so, because Vernita yeah, didn't have a yeah. tummy, so she well, was at least, or at the most, like, three months, because she wasn't showing. thought about that, but she married the guy she had, like, it was made to believe that she was just, like, this suburban mom who found a guy, married him, had a family, mm-hmm. like, had a whole new alias. Like, all of that takes time. I feel like she's oh, at true. least three years old, like, that's the oldest she could be, but hero, protagonist, still says, uh... Oh, I have a girl who'd be about your age. Yeah. It's like, but well, a but little how? older, uh, obviously. Yeah. That little girl is like five or six. She cannot be four. No. Um, so, but you're right. I, I literally don't remember which one of you said this, but Vernita, if she was in the deadly ass- assassination squad or whatever it's called. Is yeah. It called? De- <laughs> yeah. Deadly Viper. Deadly Viper. I'm sure there's, I almost another, there say, like, there's probably another word. I almost want to say Association the, Squad, like a 70s, like... Deadly, yeah, Deadly Viper Assassination Squad. 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 <laughs> Here to refer to okay. as the squad. During her time in the squad. In the um, So, you're right, like, if she was in that group, she wouldn't have been, like, with a dude, like, having a baby either, because maybe that's why... Because we don't really get even why the bride was attacked like that except for if it was bill's baby then she's like it's like oh the baby is bill's so obviously they had a thing and now she's going off to marry another man so like that's why that attack happened which well okay and that's me assuming that she like left when they all disbanded found someone whatever whatever but then i was looking and there's like a kill bill two or three which blah 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 whatever looked at the trailer and then There's the trailer, a trailer? Yeah, what? and the trailer made it seem like the girl's dad knew that the mom was like this assassin and knew about all of her past and shit. Cuz he was like, "Oh, she was a, like as he's talking to her daughter whose mom just died." Is this like she's a made, killer. Or is this I have no idea. No, because what's her name is in it? Um Vivica? No. It's uh the girl who plays her daughter. 
Is it the same actress? No, 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 no. Okay. It's a, yeah, no. <laughs> oh my um, god, I want that. I want Kill Bill 3 to have the same little girl that was I mean, they has kid. Yeah. They have that girl playing the kid, but the adult version of her is who is she? I had no idea that they were that far into production. I just kept hearing rumors for the longest time. I just so. assumed that they were going to make it sometime. <laughs> I don't know. But there's not a lot of information on it. I just kind of like was on YouTube and I and saw And then like just today I was like guessing like, oh, hopefully the movie will be about like Vernita's kid. Like yeah. getting revenge like they hinted at in the first one. While I'm looking it up. Yeah. Ooh. So while she's looking that up. Really quick, did I need to watch the sequel in order to do this podcast? Was there anything like... There's nothing about Oreni She in there, but some yeah. of the questions you just asked, I was like, oh, like she hasn't that? seen the second one yeah. yet. Okay, like so, what? Yeah. Uh, if I answered that, would it spoil it for you, I wonder? I don't care. Uh, I'm trying to remember I'm not, I already decided I don't want to watch the second. The second yeah. one's pretty great. It's, yeah. uh, it's different. It's I'll watch it different. when it gets on like streaming service or something. That's a fan trailer, Natasha. That's from the first movie. No, it it's moving <laughs> along. God, <laughs> that is not a four-year-old child. That she is six. No, or she seven. has to be six or seven. I don't know. Um, who is oh, this woman? Huh. Interesting. That's the daughter. Yeah, show her face. Is this... What's her face? Oh my God, the lady from Star Trek and um. What's that movie? Guardians of the there Galaxy. There we go. That girl. Zoe? And it goes back and forth between her and like her dad. Is this from a different movie? Blah, blah, blah. This looks fan made. This was just what was made. And then it went back to like the little girl talking to this guy. This was not the one I watched though. It was a weirdly cut Well, thing. if they did have her playing the daughter, that'd be so much fun. Zoe, some, it starts with an S. Soldanka. Salamanca. Oh. Uh, let's see. I can't <laughs> This is not a real trailer. I don't know. I was watching. I was like, "This doesn't look like." This a is Kill a fan Bill. trailer. Okay. At the trailer I found, I can't find now. Kill Bill Three is still unconfirmed. Let's yeah, see. Bernie Green. We basically talked about when we first talked about doing a Ren, just because she's in the movie. It's a great performance. Um, yeah. But it's sort of a. I think it's supposed to be sort of a contrasting character because that character has gone away from crime and is really totally. easy to get to. Whereas, Holy shit. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> sorry. It's a cold can. Cold room. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Vernita Green has gone away from crime and is really easy to get to. Whereas the rest of this story is about someone who is much harder to get to, sends a bigger message to like the crime family, and also is some of the theories that I've read anyways, uh, the bride has more of a relationship with this character. That doesn't really get said. The Vernita character? No, with Arenishi. Well, I was going to say that how far into just like very normal family life that Vernita is in really speaks to like, like this is the type of like gang assassin stuff that's in this universe where she can just like after doing all this stuff, she can just like you can break away and just have a family and like. That's your yard with, like, toys and shit in it. That house is so gross, by the way. Grossly decorated. Like, if I was, like, dating... Well, he's a doctor. The, Which house? Yeah, isn't he? Ver- yeah. Vernita's house. Like, her decor inside and her couch and, like, all the color, like, the colors of the wall. It's like, bleh. 
I think she's trying to hide any kind of sophistication at all. Like, the only way to blend in at that point. What year did Kill Bill come out? Uh, 2004? Or in the early 2000s, because it was before I graduated high school, the first one came out. Yeah, I and guess... the second one, I think, was 2004, so... I guess her house is a very, like, early... Early 2000s okay. yeah. house, because it's just not anything I would ever want to see, like, in front of my eyes. I just didn't like her style. Her clothes were cool. Like, my favorite thing about that whole, like, cold open with her in it was, like, her, like, baggier flare jeans going over her shoes, like, super perfect. Like, her shoes were so cute. And, I don't know if you guys noticed, but maybe the alternate title of this film should have been Feet. Oh, you picked up on Quentin Tarantino's feet thing? I yeah. think this is the most feet thing he's ever done. It's the least amount of fucks, like it's but all, all the most feet. feet. <laughs> um, yeah, and if it wasn't feet, it was like cute little shoes. Like they showed Vernita's shoes maybe like two or three or four times. Enough for me to be like, oh, cute shoes. <laughs> Look at how nice her pants go over her shoes. Just perfect. And it's like you see a lot of like the bride's shoes. And then if people right. aren't wearing shoes or if women aren't wearing shoes, then... They're wearing cute socks, or they're just barefoot. Um, wiggle your big toe. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to kink shame, but I don't like feet things. Sounds like the villain to you was feet. <laughs> yeah. It's the title and the villain, the biggest villain. Um, what else about Vernita? Tennis, yeah, sexy tennis shoes and flare jeans. This house upsets me. That's what I wrote. <laughs> Um, I really liked when Vernita was like, this is an old friend of mommy's. Just her, the way she said it was just like really perfect. Obviously because Quentin Tarantino does so many takes and he just really wants everything in a film to be good. So obviously any line she does is going to be perfect since she's only in one scene. She's um, cool. She should have been in more she's than cool. one scene. I like yeah. that the film had a cold open that was that important. And I guess... You may as well have it be a character that you do want more of, and you're upset that they died so quickly. Kind of like a Drew Barrymore from Scream type situation. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that's what makes a good movie. And it has a little less finesse, because it's just right into the martial arts film, punch to the face. Yeah. And it's yeah. just... Like, you open the door, and it just starts happening. I, <laughs> yeah. I love the way that it just starts like that, because, yeah, it just gets you right into the flow of how some of this movie is going to be. And, like, the, the school bus comes, and you're like, oh, we're going to stop for a second? Like, that's so... And it's such a female... I feel like it's such a female thing to just, like, the kid's home, we hide behind, the knives behind, oh, it's mommy's friend, we go upstairs, and the girls are, like, totally cool for a second, and the bride's being very respectful of, like, let's have your kid go upstairs and go study in her room, and then we can, like kill each other like I yeah that was just so cool also this is our second quentin tarantino film mm -hmm. for the and yeah so we did oh we did hey flate that's Hate right oh, and geez. that was also a female villain well you know what we should do next quentin tarantino villain wise hands is it hands landa or lando it's landa huh uh, from christoph waltz Inglorious from inglorious bastards who so nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be in the future. Okay. Orenishi. 
We created a theme song before that. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. It's like a little Kmart jingle. It's that kind of episode. Yeah. Come and buy it at the store. <laughs> well, how to introduce her? She is the first person after the bride wakes up and, you know, recovers that she decides she has to go kill. Mm-hmm. And they never really say why. I th- I have a theory. There's so she, many. She was the farthest away, so you may as well, if you're in America, you're going to take a plane over to, they're in Japan, right? Yeah. You're going to take a plane over there and kill that person first. It's like, uh, like when you leave the house to go to the grocery store, we have to get something else first, and that's more out of the way. You're going to go all the way out of the way first, then swing back around to the grocery store closer to your house, and then drive home. So I do my killing. <laughs> furthest killing first. And then I bring I mean, it grocery, home. Grocery stores. Like, grocery I don't think it has anything to do with how important or any she was to the bride. It's more just like practical. Hmm. They did say that they were close, though. Yes, there is that. And that I think she also... She was like the closest one in the group. She also wants to go get the sword, which is in Japan. Get the sword made, that is. And then I do think that of all the people, she's... You know, Bill and Elle are sort of into hiding. Bud is kind of in hiding, just being white trash. And then Vernita, she's got her family thing going on. Mm-hmm. But Rennie, she is like an established crime lord. And it's sort of, it's the only person who, she have to if she messes it. up, it's going to like send out a bigger ripple than just yeah. affecting their crew. And it is all the way in Japan, so maybe there's like a, I don't know. I mean, the internet was like big at that time, but. And it's maybe a kung just... fu movie, so there has to be some but... sweet, sweet Japan. And, <laughs> and it's the most dramatic, so that's why it's her first. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, she was going to be the hardest one to kill. She I mean, had a I whole think so, because she had that 88. Yeah, the crazy. Dudes. So, Areni Shi, she's a military brat, she's the queen of the Tokyo Underground. Her parents were murdered when she was a kid, and then when she was 11, she murdered the people that murdered her parents. And then when she was 20, she was like a top assassin in the world. And then when she was 25, she killed, she helped kill the bride. So that's basically the background that they give us. Um, Her looks, as we say with any very recognizable actor that we do, she looks like Lucy Liu. (laughs) <laughs> if I could describe her. That's true. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't see her live action in any other costume other than like different style kimonos. Um, but she's wearing like a very, in the anime part, she's wearing a very like neon Genesis Evangelion, like standard skin tight red suit that would be very difficult to put on in real life. And I think... They give you enough background, but her background is actually what makes her one of my favorite villains. So I... Of all time? Um, (laughs) in the movie and as far as when it came to mind, when it was my pick again, I just, you know, with the changing seasons, I kind of thought about that uh, Lady Bloodwinter look and just really wanted... Lady Snowblood? Snowblood? Yeah, Lady Snowblood. Okay. Well, I didn't know if you meant that as just like a descriptor word, like... It's like a thing. Yeah, but this, um, so this, 
Like this, the whole <laughs> sequence where it's animated and it's her background was probably one of the most violent things I saw or I had seen at the point that I saw it. And it was, I was super impressed, but I was, it was also super traumatic. And obviously they couldn't do a lot of the themes live action. So she has this super traumatic upbringing and kind of leans into the crime portion of it. And you're rooting for her a little bit there. And yeah, but it's also, you know, it's still just a force to be reckoned with that doesn't really need any of your approval or anything. Just kind of, she's just straight a killer. So I do think it's interesting that any sort of semblance of closeness between her and the bride is probably really, really subtle. For as long as this movie is, since Quentin filmed it as like a, was it four and a half hours or something? He wanted the both movies to be one movie. So this is like two hours. And it's like, for as long as it is, there's so much that they leave out. And honestly, like when you watch the first movie, I, I don't know where the time flies. Like not a lot happens. And that's, there's some scenes that you don't quite remember. Like there's, it takes a while to get through like, when she wakes up out of a coma and there's the guys that are raping her and then she kills them. But then before that, Elle shows up and she's on the phone with Bill. And it's like that, that whole like part of the story is what, 10 or 15 minutes. But when you think back to that movie, it just seems like everything happens so quickly. Yet the two films together are what are around like four, four and a half hours long. But there's still all this like, missing information i think that's the i think that's the thing about the movie because it's also the action the action scenes that take up a lot of the time too which they're amazing action scenes i usually like fall asleep and get very disoriented while watching action but in this movie everything makes so much sense because quentin isn't an action director so when he does action it's beautiful and interesting and it keeps your attention because he's telling it from like a dramatic artistic standpoint and that keeps me interested but as far as, like, the bride, the point of the movie is that you don't know that much about her, but then you never do, and then you never find out that much about the other characters. And really, the character that you find out the most about is Oreni She, and there's still so much, like, how did she know the bride? Because it's obvious that they were, like, friends, probably. And it is based there's in just these so much. seminal kung fu films where there's, you know, the archetype of the prodigal son turned evil and that's sort of a Ren's little niche as well but all of the fight scenes and the inspiration there from old kung fu movies it's just a completely different style of storytelling where you just need to know that the character hates this person that's good enough not for yeah. me <laughs> it just seems off like i wish and this is not i love quentin tarantino and as amazing visually as Kill Bill is, because it's so interesting and so quirky and the editing is insane and the music is insane, but he was all over the place. Like, this is the movie where he just threw everything in a bowl and mixed it up and was like, I love all of this. That's all I care about. And I feel like a lot of it, like, fell through the pan while he was, like, putting it. I don't know. There was something, something went wrong in the cooking and the movie is very messy. I like it, but it's like, ugh, I have complaints. Yeah, I feel like a lot of his movies are kind of, you learn a lot about one person and then very little about everyone else. Like, you're kind of meant to just assume through, like, their actions or just different interactions they have that you're like, oh, that's the way that is. 
I feel Got like it. this movie, it just bugs me a little bit more. It feels like he's showing us half of every, everybody when we should be getting more. That's just the impression that I get. And I, they are assassins. I just don't think it's like, it'd be nice to know where they all came from and how they all met. But then again, it's like they're assassins. So it's not really, I mean, it'd only be interesting because it'd be interesting. Eric, I think that you said that Oren's character is really sympathetic. I don't know about sympathetic. I think after watching her family get murdered, you're definitely rooting for her. Yeah. And then, you know, she just gets dag nasty evil. Cause, so I didn't rewatch volume two for this. I just watched the first film. And so with Vernita, the only scene that she's in, she just seems so normal and like actually fun to be around probably. Like when they're talking in the kitchen, they're talking like they're just hanging out and like she's making cereal for her daughter and they're arguing, but it's like you could tell that it would be cool for them to just like relax and like go hang out together or something. You get that vibe where Vernita's like a really like probably normal person and she has this like family life and this super normal house and she's wearing super cute tennis shoes and stuff and you just like you kind of feel for her and she's not like a villain villain. And then Oreni she you feel bad for her because of this backstory and like Lucy Liu was saying that like, she really sympathizes with her character because she thinks that she's, like, a survivor, basically. And I, I mean, like, online, everyone's just like, oh, my gosh, she shouldn't have died. And I wrote I wrote that twice in my notes. I was like, Vivica dies. And I was like, why is she dead so soon? Like, why, why is she dead in the first place? And then already she died. And I was like, why? Like, why? Because these characters are so great. But then... I was putting on my shoes when I was leaving my house today to come here. And I was like, you know what? The reason why they suck so much is because they were paid to go to their friend's wedding. Like their friend that they worked with and hung out with. Kill the guy she was marrying that she loved, I'm assuming. Beat her to death. And that's pretty painful. It probably took a while like, at least, like, 10 minutes to, like, beat someone someone up that much. So that's pretty painful. She was, like, covered in blood. So it must suck to, like, get beaten up by, like, all of the people that you consider your friends and coworkers. Um, Even coworkers is actually worse. It's like, yeah. Coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when she wakes up, it's like they... Technically, it's like she didn't die, so she also got four years of her life taken away from her. She was raped, I don't know how many times during that time. Um, she, at the time, thinks that her baby is also dead because she is not pregnant anymore, obviously. So it's like... She wants revenge! Well, yeah, but it's like... Revenge! It's like, <laughs> as cool as Vernita seems and as worthy as or any she seems, they did that, you know? Yeah. They did that to someone. <laughs> so that's really horrible. <laughs> so if you think about it, they're pretty, pretty bad. So. Yeah. I definitely stopped rooting for a Renny She at the right point where I can enjoy this movie. Otherwise, probably be very <laughs> disappointed by the ending. Yeah. I actually was sad when she, I was like, ah, I want to see more of her character. Well, and I mean, that's what he was going for. Because Quentin is always like, for most of his movies, no matter how bad the villain is, like, this is what the villain does. Like, everybody's really a villain. 
Yeah. So that's why Vernita and Orenishi are so likable. However, they did really bad stuff. You just really have to really remind yourself that yeah. they deserve probably what they're getting <laughs> or more. The only background I'd really like to know is Bill's. Mainly because he's referred as the snake charmer because all of their nicknames are snakes. Well, but he's like l- their boss. All, well, I get that, but how? And there is some suggestion that at least Elle and Vernita had some kind of relationship with Bill. It seems like they all had and the Well, a yeah, and the bride. But, like, it, they didn't really touch on it with Oren, but, like, definitely with Elle, because she hated her. And she hated the bride or whatever. But, like, even Vernita, like, if it wasn't a sexual thing, it was definitely a rivalry thing. Because she was like, I should have been Black Mama. Which could have meant anything, like, you should have been the number one chick in the crew, or you should have been with Bill or both. Like, which one was it? I always thought that that was just a straight up, I should have been Black Mamba because I was Black Joker. It's like, what if it was, like, a rank thing? That's even, that's kind of more cool. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't think about that. I was wondering more about, like, because they give us a very loose timeline of, Oren is 20 years old when she's like the top assassin in the world and I'm assuming when when they're showing her in that like red cat suit or whatever in the anime portion that she's like standing over like Japan when she's 20 and then somehow when she's 25 that's when she's in like El Paso beating up the bride well, we and know, so she was a part of the Viper Squad. We know squad. Bill likes Japan so, yeah, so Bill, he probably finds her in some way and recruits <laughs> Bill, her. Bill has that Hanzo sword um and that's how the bride probably knows about the swords and where to get them and then i'm assuming that's how orenishi got into their group because he was there training with and then doesn't orenishi say that she always wanted a sword like that but she never got one was that in the movie um, i feel like no. i heard that I think it was when Elle she said was that or oren didn't say that but oren she... doubted that Doubted she that the sword that she had, that she had okay. one until she was killed, and she was like, "Oh, that really is okay." Well, yeah, that's really the only connections that you can make to Oren being in Japan and being like the top of the top, and then suddenly for like a couple of years, just like being in America, running around with this like group of other assassins, because it's like she's ruling Japan, and then she jumps around, does this, and then she goes back, and she's the head of the yakuza. And then that's where we find her. Which I thought was pretty cool just because the Yakuza was the ones that killed her family. And she's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to run you guys now. Like, yeah. I'm going to go back in and... Is that who kills her family? It yeah. was the like Yakuza? the Yakuza, the boss and his like, yeah. 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 So then she goes in and like ends up being the leader. You must be a really, you must have a really strong personality to like, I mean, she's running the group, but like to be a part of and run the group that is responsible for killing your family. Yeah. When you're, was, when you're good at killing. Which was really cool. Like, even the costumes for, like, the... I forgot her name now. Like, the lead girl in her gang. The logo? Yeah. Like, she's wearing the same outfit that Oren wore when she killed the crime oh, yeah. boss. And I was like, that's just really... And she always had, like, the resting bitch face, and it was great. Like, she always looked like she was just like, I'm gonna eat you alive. I have this chain and a ball that I don't need. Like, I can do use any other weapon, but I'm going to use this thing yeah. and just, like, kind of toy with you for a little bit. I liked everything about her, like, group and character. It, like, made me really sad when she died. The House of Blue Leaves? 
is that kind of little like that little space that they kind of have that huge boss battle in at the end. That's what I remember. That's the only thing I really remember from the movie before I rewatched it. Just because that scene is so long, it's like that's the last half of the film. Yeah. And if you really think about it, that action scene, that's all one big action scene. And they take breaks for it several times and like the lighting changes and the music changes and the pacing changes back and forth. And so like it lasts forever, but there's so many different like it's there's like three vignettes, first of all, because she's fighting the 88. Then she fights Go-Go and then she fights or any she. But I, I don't know. I'm just... A Quentin Tarantino type of girl because I can't deal with action. I love action movies because they're so stupid. I love stupid action movies. But if I try and watch an action film that's like supposed to be like The Rock, I can't deal with The Rock. I can barely deal with The Departed. Like I'm just not a serious action girl. (laughs) The Rock in Be Cool is super good. Be Uh, Cool? He he was funny in Expendables (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yeah. He's done a few things that are pretty damn good. Who are you talking about? Dwayne has the Rock Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. The, the movie The Rock with Sean Connery. Oh, God. Oh, the Alcatraz God. Okay. movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 I thought you were talking about the actual work. I was like, yeah, he's been in some Escape questionable. Operation. No, no, no. The movie, the movie The Rock, I can't even do it. Ed Norton. What a escape. But, I mean, that speaks to me in action films. Like, I, I am bed shakes together. I don't know if I've ever seen The Rock in an action film. All the rock movies movies i've seen have King? been like oh fuck i hated that no i watched the, <laughs> i watched the mummy and hated that so i probably haven't even seen the scorpion king i think i refuse to watch it i will never watch that it's like one of the sad parts yeah. of my history is I it saw like that so bad okay twice. wait 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 oh and twice <laughs> two friends took me to go see it and i was like i literally can sit here in my small town and do nothing or i could go see the scorpion king that's disgusting, and then the Eric. second friend asked and i was like here we are again and you know it had a couple laughs uh i oh my gosh we just saw what did we saw london has fallen and it was what's wrong with you guys awful and great i like bad action films like you like bad horror films see i'll do those i'll do those in a very ironic way i don't think we'll get to do this this year for the first time but for the last three years me and my husband and a mutual friend of ours the three of us will have thanksgiving together and it started out like haphazardly but now we do it as a tradition where we'll reserve the really shitty newer action films and we'll wait all year long and then watch them all as many as we can on thanksgiving oh that sounds great the first year we did (laughs) we did jupiter ascending and I Frankenstein. Oh. It was the worst. And then uh, last year we did Next with Nicolas Cage. Oh, that just sounds bad. Nicolas Cage in an action film is always going to be a God, good But it's all film. those movies like Ultraviolet, Hansel and Gretel. And then what was the one you just said? London Has Fallen. I like... No, the one before that. Wait. Oh, wait. The what? Oh, The Scorpion King. Yeah. Okay. That would be the perfect like shitty Thanksgiving movie to watch when you're like... Really wanting to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. I like truly bad action films. And I like the ones that are obviously going to be bad. Like, um, nothing based on true stories, for one. I can't do, like, true... Phone booth. I can't do... With f- Colin Farrell. True, like, true story war crime or war movies. I just can't. But, like, actual... Like, London has fallen... Like, war the horse. name alone 
lets you know that this... Is that the sequel to the other one? To DC Has Fallen? Yes. Wait, it's called DC Has Fallen? Yeah, they just changed the city and then... Wait, wasn't it... It's called DC Has Fallen? I thought it was called like Orion Has Fallen or like a word. Okay, yeah, it was something like that. But that... I remember seeing that movie and I was like, I had no idea what my friend had put on. And like when everything started, I was like, I was like, oh my God, could this really happen? (laughs) For some reason, I got so like paranoid and worried. I was like, wow, that movie, uh, you got me, you got me. Uh, Well, that's how the London one is too. But it's like all their one-liners are fucking hilarious and horrible. They're like little one-liner jokes to each other. The president and his bodyguard. I'm like, Ugh, I'll save guys. it for one of those shitty, shitty movie guys. nights. Yeah, Hi. there was one thing where he was like, "I was wondering when you were gonna come out the closet." And me and my boyfriend were like, "What the fuck?" Can you give us more of a ta- context than just the line? Oh, uh, he told the president to hide in the closet because oh my there God, was that is so stupid. <laughs> because there Say was no people more. coming to. <laughs> Oh my god. Kill him. So dumb. <laughs> okay, now I have to watch the movie. And when he comes out and actually saves his bodyguard, he goes, <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to come out of the closet. When that he was about amazing. to die, he's like still laying on the floor, like there's a knife going to be punched in his Who throat. Who is in this? Oh god, who's that guy? It'd be um, great if they got uh, the guy from the first one again. Hawkeye? Oh yeah, that yeah. I forget his name. Gerard, Ger- no, Gerald Butler. Gerard Butler, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not- in London, has fallen as well. Yes. He's Steven Seagal now. <laughs> that's not the. That's not Hawkeye. This is his new under siege. Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye. Oh, sorry, no. Gerard Butler is yes. in the other one. For some reason, yes. why, why do I think he's Gerard Butler? I don't know. That's the that's the guy from Three Hundred, right? Gerard Butler. I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Gerard Butler. And for some odd reason, he's talking out the side of his mouth the entire movie. Okay. Does he do that normally? Is it because he's she. doing an English accent? <laughs> oh, Renny She. Yes. Oh, I might. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> wow, that's bad. Um, I wasn't going... Well, this is how this started. So I wasn't going to go into like... I mean, people in Europe do the same things with America. They think that, like, certain specific American things are, like, super American when we don't really, like, care either way. But, like, I wasn't going to go into, like, what exactly Orenishi was wearing, but I did notice that she's only wearing all black, all red, or all white in the film. And I was like, does that mean anything? I don't know. Quentin Tarantino's really artistic and stuff. Like, he really goes into, like, detail and shit, so... I don't know what he was going for, but I just decided as a, I just pulled like a dumb American move and I looked up, what does black, red, and white mean in Japan? Like, no, I'm sure like nobody in Japan like really cares. Yeah. Because I mean, like to an extent, America does the same thing. Like in America, white means purity and we wear it for like, just like, yeah, like weddings and like, um. Uh, What's that? Reli- like uh, the like baptism, christening? baptism, oh, yeah, yeah, christenings and stuff. Yeah. Like we do that thing in like white roses and, and shit like that. And red roses mean romance. And... So like we kind of do the same thing. So I wrote down, I, I googled what these colors mean in Japan. And it said that um, black is a powerful and foreboding color in Japanese culture. Traditionally, Black has represented death, destruction, doom, fear, and sorrow, especially when used alone. Black represents mourning and misfortune and is often worn at funerals. And red is what they use for their weddings, isn't it? Or is that China? Oh, 
It's one of Chinese those, New Year's. I've, very I've red. heard that. Yeah, red's like good luck. This also yeah. says um, black has also traditionally been a color of like formal stuff and has increasingly come to represent elegance. So if you put all that together, she's wearing black when she's at the table with the with the yakuza. So it says it represents like death, destruction, blah blah blah, fear and sorrow, mourning and misfortune. And then red is a powerful color in traditional Japanese society, representing strong emotions rather than ideas. As a color, oh, red is the color of energy, vitality, heat, and power. So all of that makes sense for when she wore red in the anime portion, because that's when she was like a spunky twenty-year-old, like taking over the world. I mean, even if Quentin Tarantino didn't mean for the colors to mean anything, it definitely matches what I read. I mean, then she goes through her black phase, and she's more like she's killing everybody, and then yeah. her white phase, where she's. The mother of the Yakuza yeah. and all. Yeah. And so then when she wears the white kimono in the end, it says white means joy, but inherently denotes death and mourning. And so that's why a lot of like Japanese ghosts and stuff are always wearing like white shrouds and, sh- and shit. So she's wearing white and she dies. Oh. And then I was also like, I actually read the name of this and I didn't copy it down when I should have, but. I don't want to go into any, like, geisha fetishes because I feel like that's super trashy. Because she wears she wears um, kimonos to the whole movie and, like, geishas wear, like, a type of kimono. But um, the one that she wears that's in all white, that style of kimono, apparently, I mean, to me it looks just like her black one, to be honest. Like, I can't tell the difference. I don't know if it's, like, the sash or the, or the obi or what is different but um apparently that specific one is only usually worn by married women married to the game i mm-hmm. guess mm. or she so, just doesn't give a fuck well yeah married and to so not giving a fuck. <laughs> so i don't know if they chose that kimono style just because it looked the best for like the snowy like fight scene at the end or what because it does seem really ele- elegant and like crazy well made and i mean oreni she she it's weird because she's only supposed to be like 30 years old when everything goes down and she dies. Um, but it makes her feel like as young as she is, her clothing makes her feel so like, like powerful. Cause she seems, it seems like something that like an older person would like have. Cause it just seems so expensive and rich that, and so, like, a, like adult, like, I don't yeah. know why, like, a younger... Like, I'm 31. I'm not going to run around in, like, a white kimono that's probably, like, I don't know, $3,000. Look like a $3,000 outfit. Um, so it just made her feel, like, super serious and super powerful and super, like, the top boss. You know, the end... The big boss, like, at the end of a video game. And her socks were so cool. How did you guys feel about our song? <laughs> really into it. Really into it. Glad you asked. Shut up. <laughs> I hate feet. Mm. I hate feet, but her socks were so cute. And they were thick, too. Like, when she stepped out into the snow, it was kind of like, ew. But they were so thick, I bet she was toasty for another minute or so, at least, till they soaked through. You know, gotta get the blood flow into the feet. You guys didn't care about the socks. I did not. I'm like looking it up right now. That was like the number one. I mean, I saw this in Vermont. Part that I, and I was like, snow is cold, so she's putting her bare feet into the snow. 
Her socks were very thick. And that's like a very Japanese like sock. And again, they have a special name. I don't remember. It's a tabby. This separates the toe mm-hmm. for your sandals. Yeah. And they're made out of a really nice material too. It's not like cotton, like American cotton socks. It's like a softer, like, um, it reminds me. So that fabric is the type of fabric that I picture whenever you're listening to a podcast and they're talking about me undies with the micromodal. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of that. <laughs> yeah. They use a lot of like hard silk. <laughs> Natasha is trying to Google a that's what I'm assuming you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to Google a picture of a close-up of Orange's socks. I just want to see what they, like, what's You're going to so find a lot of interesting forums today. <laughs> I just said white kimono. I figured they should, they'd have a head-to-toe picture of her. I just realized, I mean, this doesn't inherently have anything to do with the film, but I guess one of us could have um, could have researched foot fetishes <laughs> just because that's partially what this movie is about just not from a storyline standpoint just more of a this is quentin there's a few movie standpoint choice parts for foot fetishists i suppose every character has a foot scene Hmm. the five six seven eights they're all barefoot every female character every female character for sure oh yeah and then her best friend she's wearing like open toe shoes you see feet and i'm just i'm not putting anyone down like please don't feel bad when you hear me <laughs> complain about foot fetishes, it's not, I don't hate, I don't dislike people who are into it. I just like the, I just dislike the feet. <laughs> they tried to put her six feet under. Ooh. They all got six feet to the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie should have been called Feet. Like Happy Feet. <laughs> Revenge Feet. Did you guys have any thoughts on that dinner scene with the Yakuza where when she's doing that speech, I think she's doing, well, obviously, if it's the Yakuza, she's speaking Japanese and then she goes into English and her accent is so all over the place because she's speaking, she's yelling and then she's talking kind of like she's talking soft and then she's kind of talking like a very like, not valley girl, but just a very like standard like californian style american accent she was moving through different movie characters like i love it and it felt out all over the place but not in a negative way that's like a positive thing because it seemed very like a choice it wasn't like oh lucy lu didn't know what she was doing or quentin didn't know how to direct her it was like it's crazy that she's going through this like freak out speech where she's yelling and talking soft and do you have any like comment commentary on that? It seemed like she didn't learn how to be emotional in English, or she learned how to talk. Complete opposite. She learned how to speak emotionally in English on the army base, and learned to speak transactionally in the other languages. So she has kind of a yeah. dichotomy between what she wants to use when she wants to make a point. I was very surprised because up until I mean that's the first speaking scene that she has, and. When you open with that scene, she's talking in Japanese and she's very soft and she's speaking very formally for like a like a fancy dinner like they're having. And then when she goes into English, I expected I expected her to just kind of be like yelling and stuff. But then she went into this very standard like kind of Northwestern American accent that was just very there was no accent involved. It was just 
Super straight up American. Flight attendant. Yeah, something. It made her character so much more interesting to like have all these ways that she speaks well, all wasn't, over the place. Wasn't but in the a beginning cool way. of that, like she was talking Japanese, and then as soon yeah. as she like every time she got. It was like she, when her body rose, it was like her voice rose and then everything changed. Yeah, because she, go, she goes back and forth between she's screaming and then she's kind of like, listen, guys, and then she gets worked up again and she's not being like, listen, guys, like her attitude yeah. changes. Like it's not even like the way she's speaking. It's like her attitude while she's talking too. Yeah. Well, I thought that was just really cool because when he first made like some bullshit comment, wasn't the first thing she did is she ran across the table their little basically feet. yeah which i thought was like so fucking creepy and cool but she ran and then she cut his head oh. off and then came back and was like i was trying to figure out why that was like standing out to me and she runs across the table just like chucky does in the chucky movie <laughs> <laughs> she has little child's play feet oh <laughs> someone needs to go on youtube and just put those scenes like right next to each other like a split screen i loved that part because he said his little bullshit thing and she is almost like she thought it was a joke at first and then she's like nope that pissed me off so she just runs across the table gets his head off and then comes back to her seat and sits down then she starts talking real low then she screams and then she comes back real low like okay no dude she's she doesn't go back to her seat she's just standing on the table while they're trying to eat dinner (laughs) well i know she cuts the guy's head off and she's screaming and then when she finishes she's like talking real low again she's like okay does everyone does everyone get it is everyone cool <laughs> and they're like <laughs> and they're like no nothing about this was cool <laughs> oh um she kind of sounds like Annette Funicello she's an older actress she was in the the Disney Club is that what it was called the Mickey Mouse the Mickey Mouse no, Club no. the Disney Club she's in the Mickey Mouse Club in like the 50s or very early 60s when it was still in black and white and then she did all those beach blanket bingo movies with Frankie Avalon yeah she Annette Funicello has a very distinct voice and way of speaking and Lucy Liu I mean I I don't watch that many Lucy Liu stuff but this time she really sounded like Annette missing out what missing out in some Dude, check Some out check out Annette Funicello. Why were you saying I'm missing out on? Is Lucy she in a movie about? <laughs> mo- is she in an action movie? No, she just sings about being on the beach oh. and like her cheating boyfriend. <laughs> How did you guys feel when Orini she was like looking at the camera like directly into your eyes? Pretty intimidated. She's so pretty. Everything about her is really intense. In my notes, I just put she's looking at me. so this is weird you guys know how tall i mean you eric and natasha you know how tall i am right Mm -hmm. i'm like a little shrimp i'm like a little baby with with feet do you mean we know how short you You are are. yeah Yeah. yes i'm like marcel the shell yeah so picture already she in your head with that very long sleek slender kimono that she's wearing she's my height lucy lou is five two Oh, she's just a little nugget. Yeah. She like, does not look that short in the movie. No, and I have no idea. Like, I so I don't realize how short I am until I see myself in, like, a photo or a video. Because even if I look at myself in the mirror, the proportion of my clothes sometimes is so off that I look like a... St- not. I mean, I don't know what a good example would be without offending a group of people, but I look bad. Um... <laughs> 
So how in the world? Because when I walk, when I see Oranishi, I'm assuming she's like, I don't know, just a very nice height. And she's not like squatty or like, I guess I'm like a short squatty person. <laughs> well, how tall is Uma Thurman? Because I think she's also not... Maybe there was just a bunch of short people in the movie, so you can't really tell. But even with, it's super good. Lucy Lou, work, you know? Lucy Lou is very thin. Like she's obviously thinner than I am. But she has all but this presence, you know. I, I can't fathom how those scenes were filmed, and she's wearing what she's wearing, and she's that short in real life. What magic is this? It's good costume design. Yeah, Damn, good lighting. Straight. Yeah, oh, she Uma had Thurman's she like has 5'11". presence, and then just these massive. I knew she was tall. Costumes. So Uma Thurman's five eleven. Okay. I found out the height thing after I watched it, so I can't go back and like look at them like when they're fighting or anything. I but I'm pretty sure Uma Thurman is like squatting. She's like bending at the knee, and then uh, Lucy, she said that when she was when she has to fight in her in her kimono and like when she would practice wearing either that or something very similar like when she was practicing how to do sword fighting like that when you fight in a kimono like that the sleeves are so long that it's so easy to like get them caught like you have to learn how to move your elbows and your arms so that nothing gets caught or whatever or you don't yeah. you don't get wrapped up in mm-hmm. it in your yourself or like hit someone cuz men would tie those sleeves back before yeah. they caught yeah, she but didn't. She um, and then you see, her, like, when she's walking into the House of Blue Leaves, she's walking very, like, like a little toddler. The floating. Because you can't bend your knees. Like, the dress is so slimming on your legs that you can't move your legs around at all. And so maybe the way that they got around the height is that Uma Thurman was, like, bending low to be in, like, a fighting stance, whereas... Lucy had to stand very upright because her dress would not allow her to bend. Like, you can't even bend to walk properly. Yeah. So that takes care of that height difference. We figured it out. (laughs) I'm smart. The mystery. No, I I figure out a lot of stuff while we're, like, recording live. (laughs) Well, both of those costumes, I mean, Suma Thurman's got the Bruce Lee outfit on, and then... Lucy Liu has the Lady Snowblood outfit on. So it's sort of two of his favorite outfits from yeah. martial arts fighting in one scene. Yeah. It's just very uh, intentional. It's really intentional costume choices. <laughs> and uh, Oreni Shi's white face is definitely the flashiest. Um, Quentin Tarantino. So one thing I, I forgot to talk about with Vernita Green the reason why he cast her in the film or, or asked her to be in the film was um, I haven't seen this. I have no idea what it's about, but he was at the video store and he saw her on the cover. Like she was in a movie called Two Can Play at That Game. And he was like, oh yeah, Vivica. And he was like, I haven't seen her since Independence Day. And so that's why he was like, please oh, be in funny. my movie. Hmm. Do you know that movie, Two Can Play at That Game? I haven't game? seen that one, no. I've well, seen Independence Day. <laughs> I've seen Independence Day. <laughs> Um, you're a nerd. I'm the president of the Will Smith fan club. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe, but it's me. I know it's hard to believe, but I've seen Independence Day. You probably (laughs) haven't heard of it. (laughs) Um, Do you know there's a sequel? (laughs) That sequel is the fucking best thing I've ever seen in theaters. I haven't seen it. It is like, it's Sharknado. (laughs) I've seen that Hands down. 
that two can two can play that game. Oh, you have? Is it yeah. good? Is I it, mean, it's... Who's, is Jamie Foxx in it? Who's the no, other? Who's the, the actor? lead is another guy who literally doesn't age. Neither one of them did. Morris Chestnut is like the guy. She's yeah, well, he's ugly in that picture. Yeah. In that he picture, he is a very he looks like his name. Good looking dude. He literally looks the same. This is from like over ten years yeah. ago. That guy's hotter than that guy. Oh no, he's not. Um, he's horrible. <laughs> okay. Bobby Brown. Oh, was that him? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> You can take Bobby Brown. I just saw a random guy. All right. I take it back. I take back everything I have ever said. You're done rating men for this. Take me back to the beginning. Okay. um, Okay. So that's where he picked up Vivica A. Fox. Then um, he was going to cast Oren Ishii as this like Japanese act, like super Japanese actress. I don't know if he had anyone in mind ever. And then his friend was super into Shanghai Noon, which I am also super into because at the time I was like really into Nine Inch Nails and I didn't know who Owen Wilson was. And I was like, that is blonde Trent Reznor. Wow. Yeah. That was my connection. That was my introduction into. (laughs) I like Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. Those are both made me laugh. Pretty good kung fu. So... I, that was all, so that was my introduction into Lucy Liu. I mean, I don't know if Quentin, I mean, I mean, I'm sure Quentin, Quentin Tarantino knew who she was before that, but that movie put him on the radar for, I want Lucy Liu in, um, Kill Bill as Oren Ishii. And because, um, Lucy Liu is playing a similar looking character. She's like a, she's a Chinese princess and she's wearing like thick, rich robes. I mean, this is set in like, what when was cowboy times like i don't know the 1800s 1700s not 1700s 1700s it's like before the 20s 1700s right 76 1776 is us formed as a country now we're on to history podcast okay (laughs) where did we go late late 1800s early when were we living in like nevada or like was carson city shanghai my shanghai noon Knowledge is coming back to me slowly. So the gold rush is what, like is Carson, early 1900s Carson before the City, Industrial Nevada? Revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so whatever was happening in China of that time, she was, and she was a Chinese princess, Princess Pei Pei, uh, aka Princess Pee Pee. <laughs> if you're gonna be mature about it, <laughs> that's what's in the movie. They call her Princess Pee Pee. Anyway, but she's very, God, she it's like. I was like 12 or 13 when I saw it and I was just like Lucy Liu at that time was like one of the most amazing things I had ever seen in my entire life and I definitely like I prefer Princess Pei Pei over Oreni Shi since it's the same actress it's kind of like a similar character she's not a villain she's a just like a very like snotty arrogant princess and she just talks so cool and her clothes are so pretty um but yeah like quentin was like i saw shanghai noon and like knew that she had to be oreni she and i was like like i have a background of like like lucy Liu is like a goddess in that in that film and so i i get what quentin tarantino was like going after crime goddess i mean there's definitely some differences she's very like if i had to compare those characters oreni she is just very like strong and subdued and and then she does that weird like californian american thing on top of the table and it's just very 
it's different, but especially visually, it's very similar. Like, keep her in the kimono. <laughs> what's a Chinese, what's the Chinese robes called? We're not smart. <laughs> Edit that. It's called, we are not smart. Cutting floor. <laughs> Leave this on the cutting robes. floor. <laughs> Chinese robes. That's what I was it's looking It's similar. Up, but the internet also calls them kimonos, so I really? don't know. Are they called kimonos? I or? don't think they Probably. are. <laughs> I mean, honestly. In China, they call them kimonos? There's a lot of cross-cultural stuff there. Huh. Did you guys catch when they both are speaking with each other at the end in the snow garden? They do that trickster for kids bit together. Oh, you haven't seen the second movie. No, this, tell me. This is the only thing that actually ties into the second movie. Okay. Um, Beatrice Kiddo? Yeah, because it's part of her name. Yeah. And it's, you only learned that in the second movie. So I mean, what, did, what exactly do they say? Was it just because of the name that you kind of figured out? I didn't really think it was like a Beatrix thing. I didn't know if it was just some like... It seemed to me so random. It was just something they used to say. Yeah. yeah. It was some it was inside their, joke. Like, thing. You're not in on that joke, so they're just having a moment. Well, I finally yeah. put it together because I knew that the bride's name was Beatrix Kiddo. But for the... I, I think I was like making lunch and I was like, tricks are for kids. Beatrix Kiddo. Ah... <laughs> got it <laughs> so yeah that took a second but i yeah i mean so that's another it's like is that their nicknames for each other it's like you're silly rabbit and i'm tricks for kids <gasps> yeah she's silly rabbit because she's half japanese because the rabbit they're really into rabbits mm. oh are the chinese also into rabbits they have a year of the rabbit yeah oh i don't know in japan they see a rabbit like pounding rice in the moon instead of a like a man's face hmm. like in america so like when I'm whenever I look up at the moon, if the moon is full, I see literally both at the same time. I see the man and the moon, and then I see the rabbit, because it's pretty easy to spot. But they have a, like a rabbit thing. We're literally just making this up because no, they never refer to her as a rabbit. They the don't movie. refer to her no. as a rabbit unless well, she's unless that's Chinese, the, so that would make sense. And, yeah, unless that's the inside joke. But I've never heard it direct from the source. It's just something they say that. I think the first time I saw the movie, I was just completely perplexed, and I've never really, I've never really read into it that much. I've run out of movie stuff. I just have my like internet, my little internet grab bag. Give us some of that grab bag. Yeah. All right. Um. Into the microphone. So you know how our very loose thesis for this podcast is, like our end goal for however long we do this is to figure out. A little bit more of the psychosis of cultures finding villains from TV shows and movies attractive and why. So I'm slowly keeping track of like these patterns that I've been noticing, like um, like the the very covered clothing fetish. Whether that's just that some villains they like to cover head to toe and only their faces are showing or not, or whether people find that attractive or not. That's one thing I've kind of been picking up on. Another thing I've picked up on is... This is two big white costumes in a row from It and Now Oren. Yeah. 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 Well, but I mean, Oreni, she is very covered. And Vernita Green, she's wearing just like a very cool, like sporty, like mom outfit. And I wasn't... I mean, I, would, I, was, I was only bringing that up as an example, not to compare it to this film. But what I did notice um, when I went online and I was seeing people's reactions is... 
I'm noticing more and more, especially since we did the um, Snow White and the Huntsman for Charlize Theron, the more current the actress is, and I've only really seen this with female actors, um, people online tend to be way more respectful and careful of how they show their love for the villain. Like, for instance, and then the more, like, more of, like, an, a creature or a monster the villain that we've covered, at least so far, has been, like, with Jason, for instance, people are more comfortable with being very aggressive sexually towards them because it's not, like, and, again, it's, like, technically supposed to be our long-term thesis for this podcast is what makes, how do people react to these villains and why and how, and it just seems like, Snow White and the Huntsman, no matter how sexual they might feel towards that queen, they're really, really attaching that character to, it's literally just Charlize Theron playing a character because we know her so well and she doesn't look that far off from who she actually is. So people are just very, a lot more respectful and they're just like, I love her, she's so powerful, oh my queen, she's she's an angel, she's, she's so powerful, she, and it has a lot to do with like, complimenting almost the actor themselves and I saw a lot of that with Oreni Shi because it's literally basically just Lucy Liu and so I think that people are more they're just way less likely to be like mm, hot like you would with like the aliens from Alien or just I wish I could and people get really raunchy with the aliens yeah, yeah. They do. yeah they jeez do. guys <laughs> I mean <laughs> um I wish I could remember back to when we were doing more of the the male villains that we've done that look basically like the actors. Like, I'm thinking specifically with, um, is yeah, it um, Andrew? Uh-oh. The guy that plays Moriarty from Sherlock. That's who I was thinking of. Too. He's basically the actor. Yeah. And so I can't really recall, because I know that there's a very large fan group online, and so I'm sure they do end up sexualizing that character a lot more than than you would normally but it just seems like I see it more with women villains and I see it more with women villains that are played by actresses that just look like themselves. People are just way more respectful. Yeah, because they're not an admin object with like yeah every other, like especially a lot of the male characters, they're wearing masks or it's like a lot of makeup or they're just like something that's not human. And I'm not saying it's, like, a good thing or an appropriate thing. I'm Like, I'm not saying it either way. I'm not really giving an opinion because I'm actually not sure what my opinion is on all of this. I'm just saying that's what I've noticed. And, like, with Charlize Theron, I saw, like, people being, like, super raunchy and disrespectful. And that was really obvious. But I feel like if you think, I don't know, it's like, I don't think it's that inappropriate to just say right out, like, if you find Onorani she like super like, well, like dateable or something like you should be allowed to say that because you don't you can say that without being like super disrespectful and gross. Well, I guess it just depends on how it's said because I know with like a lot of the yeah. male ones they're just like I want you to destroy me somehow yeah. with your dick. Yeah, but like there's not really a way you can put that with a woman character like I want you to. Just other than destroy me with jump on your... my dick bitch yeah like, that would be kind of sucky <laughs> yeah like or the only other option is like sit on me or do this but you can kind of be a little bit more hardcore with the dude i guess it would make more sense but i feel like it's raunching that way with dudes but with chicks it's way more demeaning and not just like well and that's oh. the thing is 
And maybe I am learning more about this too as we go through this. I see what you're saying. I think it's maybe a little bit easier to be more playful and raunchy when it's with dudes. And with women, I think people are just more used to being more aggressive and demeaning and not in a way that's like... But I don't... But that's what I'm saying that I don't see a lot of is people being like aggressive and demeaning. Like I don't see a lot of that with the women villains that we've done. Because they're not different characters. They're basically themselves. Yeah. And so we haven't really... Besides the alien queen, which is also like a monster... We haven't covered any female villains yet where people were really sexualizing, except for, well, I guess, I guess they were kind of doing that with Rita Repulsa with like the foot fetish thing. That was It always of, comes back to raunchy. feet though, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the feet. This is the our feet. second foot fetish podcast, even though that has nothing to do with the characters. It's just the movie itself. But yeah, I just, it's just something I've noticed and I'm wondering why we feel more comfortable sexualizing the male villains. Not us, but just everyone that we kind of, like, spy on online. They're just more comfortable being sexual towards men than the female villains that we've covered so far. Yeah, and that's in and out of costume, too. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, I went into the Tumblr tags for different, like, Orenishi posts, and I grabbed, like, my favorite tags that I saw. So I'll just read them off. Patronus. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Hello! Um, every, That's great. Everyone look at my mom. <laughs> um, me, but also my wife. <laughs> and someone put in the tag, someone reblogged, like a Orenishi, like, a gift set and was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really sweet. Um, and then there was, like, this really cool, like, I don't know, set photo that they never used and it was like Oren like lounging on a couch with like a little tiny tea set next to Gogo and it looked like a production photo they're like posing as their characters and people put me and my mom me and my daughter and then my favorite was this is how you show up to parent teacher meetings <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing was because I knew that we weren't doing L Driver but she had that one scene and all I wrote down was whistling Jesus fucking Christ stone bitch I hate this Part of another reason why I didn't watch the second movie because I knew she was in it more, and I just oh she's you hate gotta, her character. The second oh. one's great. This she's is one of my other. This really is a very ones. like hyper testosterone, really sweaty, the, horny martial arts film. The second one? No, this one. The second one is a little is also sweaty, but like yeah, because doesn't kinda she horny, go to like, like a hot climate or something? Yeah, it all takes place in. Mexico or, or the South? Yeah, it's like some kind of desert. Maybe it's Texas, actually. Yeah, okay. it's, I think it is Texas. I think oh, wait, he's in it's... Mexico and Bud is in... Bud's in Texas. Texas. And I don't like the actor that plays Bud either, so I was oh, just I like... I love him. Like really? Yeah. I like Mastin, yeah. I like him, and I like Elle. Yeah, <laughs> like, Daryl Hannah's sweet. Yeah. I like yeah. Daryl Hannah from the 80s. See, if we were going to do Daryl Hannah as a villain, I would... Then we would do Kill Bill 2, because I fucking love her in that. And it's, it's pretty great. quick, too. But yeah. like, not what I've seen. Super I'm not good acting. Like, I am so uncomfortable around, like, bitchy girls. I can't. Like, I oh, want them to so die. She's so great. Yeah, I mean, she's great the, the joke's always kind of on her. Is she, like, like endearing gets, in any she, way, or are you just, like, I loving think, her because she's a bitch? If you watch oh, both movies, <laughs> I think if you watch both movies, there are parts of her that are endearing, like, she's not as independent as the other assassins so kind of like stays in the circuit but um she like never gets her way 
you know, like she gets told not to kill the bride like in the first movie. And in the second movie, surprise, she doesn't necessarily end up. <laughs> Actually, you never see her die. You never see but, her die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she does not accomplish her goals, like, and has a hissy fit both times. Like, yeah. the hissy fit in the second movie is amazing. It's so great. I might, I might rent it because I, I, I love Quentin Tarantino. I might have I really a copy do. here. I would love to borrow it instead of paying for it. Let me see if I have it later. Yeah. Okay. Did you want? Did you? What are you doing? I was looking <laughs> up a theory because ever since you were talking about the colors, I was like, oh, they all are different colors. I hope that wasn't colors, too like American and... of me to be like, what do these colors mean in Japan? It well, was no, literally I... because I noticed that he put her in three solid colors, and I just thought. It being Quentin Tarantino, I thought that would mean something. And it turned out it did, whether he meant it or not. Well, I love that scene in that movie, and I always thought it was really cool. But the more I think about it, especially when you were talking about the colors, I was like, was that, like, a wedding? Like, was that a reception? Like, the band in there was really cool. Like, these really cool, like, Japanese rock band that just played. It kind of And then everybody in the restaurant was dressed nice. And I just assumed that it was just, like, it was just an upscale restaurant, but then I was like, why would an upscale restaurant have, like, a girl band playing, like, old American rock songs? I think it was just, like, a cool and Japanese then, thing they do over there where they have... Well, yeah, I thought have about... these big rooms. Well, yeah, I thought about that, too, yeah, except... Haven't you seen Inception? <laughs> I hate Inception. I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> but then, like, Oren is wearing white, and then her best friend and everyone in the gang is wearing black, and I was like... Is this a wedding? Like, everyone's wearing a suit. She's getting married to her best friend. That's what I was thinking. That awful woman. The awful woman Goku? that ends up women. No, the other, the lady that's like... The lady that's like her best friend. Oh, her best friend yeah. And her lawyer. lawyer. And they both have very similar lives. They didn't get like, they're like, like, she's Japanese and French, and then Oren is Japanese and Chinese, Eric. and they are very... Eric, female lawyer is code for lesbian, <laughs> especially if you're over 35. Is she a lawyer? <laughs> I suppose she's kind of a lawyer. Maybe. She's libel curious. Are we doing, are we doing that? F- she's libel curious. Are we doing that little food game? You know what I really want? I want like a little like food jingle. Food jingle. To like oh, let yeah. everyone we're moving into the like. Metaphor. <laughs> What food are they? What food are they? What food are they? Bongo drums. Just send me those clips <laughs> and I will put music under it. <laughs> oh, God. And a uh, And like laser sounds. Oh. What food are they? You have to send me this whole clip and I will actually... Just like read it. I will actually <laughs> put it? all... The, all right. I think you've given me enough between the two. So that's our new jingle to represent the switch in, um, yeah. Okay. Food? Sushi. I'm going to go kinds? real easy. Um, Chinese, Japanese sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. What kind of sushi? I don't know what kind. I just know that you have to train a lot to, like, be at that level to make sushi. Yeah. And to make good sushi, you have to train for like five or seven years. You train for a really long time. That's a good one. Like it has, you gotta be. You've mentioned hostess cakes before in general, but I'm gonna go for those hostess snowballs. Oh, the snowballs. Because what do, what are they inside? I don't know. It's like co- coconut and it's something else. coconut. And so they're round and so they look very beautiful. 
And there's a lot of Japanese desserts that are those kind of like buns, those shapes. Mm, like mochi and... Like yeah. mochi and then it has like the red bean paste inside. Ooh, and so if she's like a hostess snowball, like the big boss fight in the snow garden is very memorable. So I'm just picturing like one of those little hostess snowballs, except for I don't remember what's inside. I don't remember what's Something. This... Something what's dark. And wasn't it chocolate? Just like her. Something edible. It's not chocolate. What's inside a snowball? Okay, let's look it up because that's kind of important. I remember it's like a darker color, so that's like, because Orani, she, she's like a dark, wounded soul. I'm trying to think of something. Ours were really good, so you better th- think it of a good like one. It is like chocolate. Uh, the thing is, it's I, like I, a chocolate cake okay, with marshmallow. So inside of a snowball is chocolate cake, and then it, it's probably like that whipped cream yeah. stuff that See, they I do. I feel like yeah. I'm about to use one that I've done before. Have that's I already like, done... Fl- sea urchin? <laughs> No, no. I was gonna say that just to be funny, but have I well, done? You're looking at have me I done, like you're gonna make it. Have I done flan? I think uh, you have done flan. I feel like I've done flan because I'm like whenever whenever there's trauma in making the food, I'm like oh flan. Like, Why would Oren be flan? Because well, just because the trauma that shapes her is like the force feeding the geese. But I think I've done it before. Wait, right. are you talking about frog wah? Yeah, foie gras. Why? Oh, <laughs> wait, yeah, flan's a dessert. It's like, wait, I don't You're understand. talking about the trauma of flan? <laughs> and then the trauma of pure into, sugar. And then you go into force-feeding geese, and I'm like, wait, what does that have to do with <laughs> Foie gras, flan? thank you. Oh have I done foie gras on yes, this before? Yes, you have. Thank I think you. you have. But you have not on flan. She's oh, flan, then. Okay. Just because she's why so is, sweet. I'm sorry, but frog wam kind of makes sense. I'm like, do you flip her upside down? And she has like a burnt caramel, like. <laughs> Ew. It sounds horrible. Um, do you have a replacement food? I was going to do mochi because of the outfit, but we got into mochi because of the snowball. You can do mochi. Ooh. They're two different things. Yeah. I would say she's like Could mochi. she be an ice cream mochi? Ice cream mochi or um, I'm trying to think of, ones. I don't know, like dessert yeah. that's harder to approach, like. I'm sure we've already done licorice for somebody. Licorice? I did black. She's like sea urchin, you know? Uh, (laughs) I did black licorice for Pinhead from Hellraiser. Um, Mm. But I have never done red licorice, so that's up for grabs. She's like Mm. red, white, and black licorice. What? Yeah. What is white licorice? Pina colada. Oh, it's pina colada. (laughs) No, I've seen it. That would be good. Is she hot or not? Yes. No elaboration? No. I We're all just going to be like, yeah. All... As a villain, super into the backstory. Mm-hmm. It, I was super traumatized. As a, well, traumatized as a kid? I don't know. I was definitely like, wow, that was the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. And it's definitely you, stuck in me. Are you talking about the anime? Just her whole background story. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, like... I listened to a podcast earlier that pronounced it anime and I got really upset and then I just did it. It's anime. <laughs> please, please ignore the anime. I, I just... Really either or. It's... This, this... <laughs> Um, so have you, since then, have you watched Kite or Pacific Blue or Elfin Lead? I saw the Kite Runner. Okay. I haven't seen any of the rest, though. Okay, well. Super traumatic? If Kill, if the anime portion of Kill Bill is too intense for you, I would recommend that you never watch those movies. Oh, it wasn't that it wasn't too intense for me. It was just the most, like, violent thing I'd seen at that age. And I was just like, wow, that was crazy. Like, because I... You know, the first R-rated movie I saw was The Fugitive, which was, like, violent, but, you know, (laughs) also, like, very adult-themed, like, very intense themes. But, um, 
Yeah, this was just the straight up, just like, someone grinds their teeth until they break out of their head. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. It was impressive. And that's what I realized later is that there's like a Monty Python aspect to this violence where it's fun. Oh, the spraying the blood? And like, that's yeah. where I'm at. That's where I'm at now with the movies where I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the themes. But I do think that that, that character's trauma hasn't been lost in that wash. So it's a very violent story, but it's still super shitty, even if you didn't get to see half of the elements. And this is why you think she's This is why a I think she's villain? a quality villain who is hot. Um, uh, I think that this is... This is my favorite female villain that we've done, just because I love Lucy Liu in the movies that I have seen her in, and like a uh, Ellie McBeal. <laughs> um, her 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 alter ego, Princess Pepe, or Oren Ishii's like little cousin, Princess Pepe from China. Um, they're just so similar, and I and she was such a big like deal for me when when I was growing up, that when I when I do see. Or any she, I can't help but think of her other character that she's done. And so, yeah, I think that Or any she has, like, like an okay story. Like, she's a villain for a reason, and I respect that. But she's also just a really cool, like, villain for what she does. Like, the way she behaves and the way she interacts with people and all the friends that she has. And she seems like a pretty cool person like when they're at the house of blue leaves they're just yeah. like sitting around and everybody's kind of drinking and having a good time and she smiles a lot and i love it when villains smile it's like the best i want charlie brown's kimono <laughs> i That's... don't you can have it <laughs> every time i think back to that that party scene i was like Whatever. that guy is <laughs> filled with peanut butter i'm not sure why i'm making that connection but <laughs> oh the peanuts oh yeah weird how my mind works sometimes <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've, I'm 100% in the she's hot camp yeah. tonight. Natasha, what are we doing next month? I changed it. Okay. Sorry. Someone a little bit more interesting. The more I thought about the movie, I'm like, there's not a lot to talk about. Okay. okay. But I'm so excited. Would you guys be interested in doing Hannibal Lecter? Yeah. From what? The one with... Uh, From what? Silence of the Lambs. Sil- Silence of the Lambs, okay. yes. So Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter? Yes. Hannibal. I think I Natasha and I have in. the same taste in, ma- in villains. <laughs> Male villains. Real creepy, guys. I just... I'm fucking pumped right now. Um, if you've noticed, I've added music to the beginning and the end of each podcast. I fully regret not doing that sooner, but it's like, I wanted to do that after we did our first Freddy Krueger episode. And I'm the type of person that's like, well, it has to be perfect, so like... I didn't add music to begin with, so I'm never going to do it. But especially when we did that, I mean, it hurts me a little bit every time that we don't do it. But when we did Jason Voorhees and we didn't, I didn't incorporate that Alice Cooper song that was like, he's back, do, do, the man behind Just go back and edit the episode, Redcon. (laughs) Delete this. It hurt me physically not to have that song as a part of that episode. So I just went ahead and like, that's what we're going to be doing from now on. And I might like, um, when I have the time, just like edit together, like a super jewelry box episode of just all the music for each villain that we've done so far yeah. and just have a podcast of just music because I feel like music is a really powerful thing. Some people don't give a fuck, but music is a really important to me. Just like 
Music was a really big part of Kill Bill, obviously. It makes me feel better about the characters that we talk about, so um, that's a change. Patreon will be a change if we if we get that up and running. Um, also, I'm trying to shop around and get us to be on a network of some sort, but probably not one that will force us to do commercials, because I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> I don't want to make people listen to commercials. I'll do it. No, I don't want people to... Nature box, like pay me money. <laughs> We're saying we we can't, we always make fun of it, but like I don't want to do easy. it for real. But um, yeah. So you can send in a creep corner story, which is when you send in just any sort of villain that you want to talk to, you know, tell us about and how you feel about them. You send it to us at hotbad hotbadpod at gmail.com or through the submission button on our Tumblr page, which is hotbadpod, um, and we will read that at the end of each episode. Um, we have a Facebook, we have a Tumblr, we have a Twitter. Listen to us on iTunes. And also, my iPhone updated, and you can, like, rate us on iTunes, and it's weird because, like, I rated us, and then my husband rated us, and it still says we have, like, zero ratings, so I don't they know. Hold, they hold reviews and ratings. Well, when do they show up? Because it says we've never been rated before. After a bit. Oh, I've rated it, too. Really? Yeah. So, is it, like, does it show up per, like, ten ratings or something? That's a mystery. I don't know. Um, I do know with reviews, it's something like six to ten reviews. Uh, They just hold, and then you get to read them. Because, you know, So they got to do what they got to do, apparently. We have nothing. We, <laughs> according to iTunes, we don't exist, um, except we're there. So, um, if you'd like to rate us, I don't know. I just I spent one morning. I got some coffee and it was raining, and I just went through and like I rated all the podcasts I'd ever listened to, including us, and that, that didn't show up. So, it's cool. Uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you for. Uh, oh wait, what are we doing next time? Hannibal. Hannibal. Was that sound nice? <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs>